Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. What if interest rates change? What if we can't sell our products at this price? What if construction prices change? What if town planning doesn't come through? And you have to be able to weather that storm together. This is Property Investry where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we speak with Tristan Angelini, whose background in tiles and carpentry helped him find success as a property developer. Keep listening to discover the story of his first property development, the importance of finding a skill to specialize in and the difficulties that came with working in a partnership. Following the footsteps of his family, Angelina became involved in the property industry at a very young age and since then has been making a passive income through commercial and residential development. He shares where they are located. I'm a, uh, a property development manager um, located in the uh, western suburbs of Melbourne. Day-to-day operations is uh, project management um, and development management. Um, how I got into um, the uh, industry, I guess it's through a a bit of a family lineage in the property market. The accolades that I've that I've achieved in the in the last, uh, I guess, twelve years, um, I've created my own uh, uh, property development business, um, property management, development management, and construction business. So I've got a construction background, um, registered commercially and domestic, um, which has given me flexibility to. Um, uh, Really narrow down my construction costs in in um, in, in developing. Um, yeah, our first uh, I first got into the uh, property development game at a, at a very young age. Um, I was sort of thrown into the deep end um, by my father, who who virtually um, told me that you've got no other choice. You need to whatever money you've got saved, you need to buy a property. Um, I get that. <laughs> that's coming from my Italian background. Um, we're very much um, encouraged to um, invest before we even uh, before we go travel or uh, move out or anything like that. Angelina loves his career as a property developer due to the versatility of his daily activities. Well, day to day is is obviously the um, 
developing uh, property, um, consisting of you know uh, project schedules, uh, feasibility studies, um, project delivery, managing construction contracts, um, you know trying to get sales, uh, speaking to agents uh, about uh, selling the property strategies. Um, so on the day to day, there's a, a there's a, a very broad um, range being a development manager. That's why I, I love the industry, to be honest with you. Yeah, excellent. And roughly, how many projects would you say you've got concurrently running within the company? There's some that's per, uh, that's in our personal portfolio, and there's also some that are actually uh, for clients that we're managing. Um, at the moment, uh, in our personal portfolio, we've got about ten. Um, uh, ranging from small to uh, medium, I'd say, um, uh, in domestic and also into low-rise commercial, um, and then four um, other developments in, in project management and development management. We've got about five for a five, one being very large. It was natural for Angeline to go down the property development path, seeing as his family has worked in the industry for a long time. I grew up in the uh, western suburbs of Melbourne, uh, a place called Werribee. Um, at the time, it, it's probably about, uh, I think it's about 27 kilometres from the Melbourne CBD. Uh, very blue-collar area. Uh, my my family um, has been there since the 1920s. Um, uh, originally started off in, in, in market gardens and farming and um, eventually... Uh, went into construction, building and construction, carpentry, um, and into uh, property development today. Having been somewhat of a rebellious kid, Angeline dropped out of school and started working full-time when he was just 16. I actually, uh, well, at the time, Werribee was a, a bit of a rough area to grow up, so my father didn't want me to go to school anywhere near Werribee. Um, so he wanted me to. Uh, so he actually shipped me to uh, to school out in Geelong. So I used to catch the bus uh, bus to uh, school. I went to Kirinya International College, um, and it used to take me about fifty minutes to get to school every every day, and then catch the bus back home. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I was a bit of a rebellious child, and um, I ended up getting kicked out um, at seventeen, and um, I was thrown into the workforce. <laughs> Angeline's first job was at his family business where he delivered tiles. Well, I was a bit lost as a as a young as a young and um, my family had a, a a tile business and I was actually working there doing deliveries on a truck um, because obviously I was unskilled. Well, I was, um, I was a, young and young, I was strong. And, um, um, that's all I could. Uh, just, that's all I could a, actually do. A, a so um, I was a I was, I was actually delivering tiles doing deliveries for a, on a truck. A good portion um, of my um, of my youth. Unskilled. Working on the truck um, meant that Angeline was exposed was to property strong. development at an um, early that's age. That's, by working on the on the truck, um, I, I got to obviously deliver to all different types of jobs job sites. So I was able to see um, how different methods of construction were getting. Um, you know, really got me interested in in in, in actually in, in in construction itself, especially domestic um, homes. How how the process was, um, and I went to all different types of designs, um, all different parts of Melbourne as well. So it was good that I was able to float around for that period of time. Um, and then I guess um, I I then decided I you know I wanted to try my luck at at some carpentry. 
um, and um, I work for my my cousin who who uh, who is a who's a carpenter. So uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was a was a builder and a carpenter, um, and it's. Uh, and my cousin was a carpenter, so I was managed to I managed to get a, a, an apprenticeship with him. Um, and um, I was basically had two jobs at one stage: um, uh, learning carpentry and also delivering tiles. Having made many connections through the industry, Angelini was able to save on the typical expenses when he bought and developed his first property. After carpentry, uh, well, during during. I was working on, on on the truck and in carpentry. Um, I uh, I then, uh, with the first piece of land that I was able to purchase, I was able to get um, a lot of building materials off different different job sites that I was working on. So I made friends with the supervisors, and um, I was able to say, "Look, I'm, I'm building my own house. Um, is there any? Can I take these leftover bricks? Can I take these leftover timbers?" And uh, they sort of said, "Well, yeah, no, that's not a problem. We're actually going to throw them out anyway." So I used to deliver tiles and then put bricks on the back of my truck and um, and then deliver them to my uh, deliver them to my job site. That is being extremely resourceful. That's awesome. How long how, how long were you um, I guess being in carpentry for before you started getting into your own property? Well, I've been in carpentry um, ever since uh, last year. So we've um, we eventually and established a carpentry company that had about we had about twenty five employees at our largest. Um, our largest uh, capacity um, that uh, we ended up selling out and um, just concentrating more on our property development and uh, construction. So how long was that? Yeah, it's, last year was 2017. When did you get into carpentry? It, it, it sort of stopped and started. So um, I ended up leaving the, uh, my cousin because he ended up uh, getting a, a, a job somewhere else. So I basically uh, moved. Uh, I, I, I basically stopped carpentry and I was able to get my apprenticeship at a later date, finish my apprenticeship at a later date. So probably uh, the last probably eight years. Working in carpentry helped Angeline learn about the structural elements of a house, which in turn aided his development career. The best thing about a carpentry is that you get to know the structural elements of a house. Um, uh, that, that, that was um, important for my knowledge to understand the, the, the structure and um, you know how 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 the frame and the and the skeleton of a of a of a house is is um is made. Despite being thrown into the industry without even graduating from high school, Angelina is extremely passionate about his job. Look, I think that it, it, I'm, I'm deeply passionate passionate about real estate and about um, building and construction. Ever since I was a kid, I guess all I did was was draw pictures of houses. Um, that was um, I've always been into art and, and designing. So, Mum said that I was always um, a good drawer, and I just loved to design floor plans and houses when I was a kid. So I, was, I think that I would have gotten down the down that track um, when I was in high school. I wanted to be an architect, but unfortunately, uh, I didn't listen in school, and I wasn't able to get past too well in maths. So, um, yeah, I had to I had to start from the ground up. Angelini's first property investment and development project was on a small piece of land which he intended to subdivide. So my first investment property um, I purchased when I was, I think, 16 or 17, around the end of 16, early 17. Um, I bought a, four, back then they were called smart blocks. Um, they were very, very small. 
um, it was 420 square metres. Um, now that's probably the largest size that you can get in a subdivision. Um, <laughs> so um, when I when I uh, purchased uh, this block of land, um, a lot of people are saying you can't even build a house on there. Um, it's so small, you've got no backyard. And um, I said, well, that's the that's the only thing I can afford. And at the time, that was seventy thousand um, dollars. So um, that was my first investment property, um, and it was a little subdivision. As Angelini was only 16 years old at the time, his father became the guarantor for his loan and by the time he was 18, he was able to obtain construction finances from the bank. What happened is um, uh, my father was basically guarantor on the loan. Um, so uh, I had the, or I, I put the deposit, the deposit money down um, and then I had to pay my father off over two years. So in that time, I was actually I was working full time because I got kicked out of school. Um, so I had nothing else to do. I just started. Um, uh, well, I was just working that whole time. So I was able to live at home and and um, and save all my pennies. Um, and uh, I paid the block off. Um, and uh, yeah, I had an income title um, for the time that I was eighteen. And then that's when I went to the bank again. Um, and they and I was able to obtain the construction finance. I can get my dad to vouch for me because he made sure that every paycheck that came in, he was the first one to receive it. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Angeline's property journey where he shares the conclusion of his first property investment. I was 22 years old and I just wanted to go overseas with my mates and enjoy myself. Um, I sold the house for 355000 at the time. His experience with the property market during the GFC? We were looking at houses that were worth 800000 at the time and a year later, they were worth 400000 So, it really, um, it really um, woke me up that, look, the property market isn't always on the up and up. Um, it, there definitely is, it's def- it definitely is cyclical. His worst development moment? trying to think of the worst development moment I've probably had was getting involved in a partnership or a joint venture, which uh, uh, my partner wasn't in line with my with, with my vision. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. This episode is brought to you by MeBank a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Hey podcast listeners, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then register your interest at propertyinveststory.com. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one 
and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, visit propertyinveststory.com. Now back to the show. Angelini accredits his father to much of his success as without him, Angelini might not have saved and spent his money on an investment property. I look back at it and um, uh, I remember vividly at the time, I, was, I just wanted to buy a car. I'm like, I've got, I've got this money. This is fantastic. I want to buy a car. Um, you know, I wanted to, at the time, I wanted to do it up and show off. And, and he said, hey, you're an idiot. Trust me, that, that car, and he, and he taught me that the car is always going to depreciate in value. But his land will go up in value. And I'm so glad that I did listen to him. Well, I didn't have a choice really. <laughs> I had to listen to him. Angelini ended up not dividing his first block of land and instead built a house on it by himself. At the time, um, you know, I was working for my cousin doing carpentry um, and I was also working in the truck, um, you know, doing tile deliveries. Um, so uh, basically, I didn't have a builder's license uh, or anything like that. So I went, uh, I went owner builder. Um, and uh, obtained uh, construction finance from the bank. And uh, I pretty much built everything in the house myself. I can comfortably say in that one house, I touched every single brick um, in that house. So five o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, unloading bricks, uh, stacking them around the house. Um, we, 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 me and my cousin put the frame up together. Um, uh, any sort of leftover timbers that I could get from site that we used as noggins, it took me, a, a, at the time, it took me, a, I'd say probably a, a, probably 12 to twelve to 14 months to build, but that was because uh, at the time I was cash poor. Um, I could only get a, a loan from the bank of about 110000 and um, you know, I had to make the rest work myself, so labour was all, was all done by me, I guess. With all his experience now, Angeline believes he could finish the same project in under half a year. At the moment, if I was to contract that house at the moment, I'd probably finish it in five to six months. Um, it's a single-story house, three-bedroom. Pretty. It was a very nice house at the end of it, um, but pretty stock standard. Um, you know, just a hip and truss, uh, you know, hip, hip and valley roof, um, you know, just a single-story Three-bedroom, two-bathroom. Um, but I, I would be smashing that house out now for uh, five months, in five months' time. Angelina sold the property in 2008 and travelled to the US shortly after. I actually sold the property in 2008. Um, so I kept it for a few years. I, I lived in there. Um, I, got, I was able to get the, uh, the first homeowner's grant. And um, I think at the time in 2008, it might have been 2007. Um, I think that was just when the financial crisis, I'm not sure if it was the financial crisis. That was a year afterwards, so maybe 2008. Yes, yeah, so I sold it in 2008, and that's when I travelled over to the United States. I remember that was just when the financial crisis was happening. What was the reason for the travel to US? Well, so basically, after, um, with, with that one house, um, I lived in there for, for 12 months. Uh, oh, sorry, but, uh, probably two years. Um, and um, I was able to put it on the market because um, obviously I just wanted to I just wanted to travel and enjoy myself and see the world a little bit um, because I did work oh, very hard and you know I was 22 years old and I just wanted to 
go overseas with my mates and enjoy myself. Um, I sold the house for three hundred fifty-five thousand at the time. Wow, that's a good return. So, yeah, it was. Um, so I was able to build up a bit of equity and then see what I was going to do the next stage. Um, you know, my, the next stage, and that's when um, I ran into um, ran overseas and I really seen the um, the the the, the the global financial crisis put um, a lot of pressure on homeowners, um, which changed my strategy completely. Um, you know, I was very used to a property market on the increase all the time. Um, you know, 2002, 2004, I was like basically saying 2006, I'm like, this, this property market's crazy. I've been in, you know, looking at property ever since I was 16 and I'm 22 and the market keeps going up and up. And, um, that's when I went when I travelled overseas to the United States. You know, I was still very into property, but I was able to drive around with with friends that I have in the area uh, in the US, and they were basically we were looking at houses that were worth eight hundred thousand at the time, and a year later they were worth four hundred thousand. So it really, um, it really um, woke me up that look, the property market isn't always on the up and up. Um, it, there definitely is. It's def, it definitely is cyclical. Despite the success of his first investment property, Angelini definitely had his worst moments when he deviated from his property goals. You know, being young and ambitious, and thinking that I'm, uh, you know, trying to, you know, delegate, uh, you know, uh, spread my risk a, a bit. Um, I, I thought that it might be good to venture into the share market. Um, and I thought I had it all down packed. I'd done, I'd done my research, um, and uh, I think I bought at the time might have been BHP or Rio Tinto shares. And I thought, oh, these things are going to keep going up and up. And um, you know, I was reading the paper every day, and uh, I lost—I oh, can't remember how much money I lost at the time, but it was a, it was, a, it was a fair bit of money. And this is probably 2000, 2006, um, 2007. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I virtually just threw away. I, I just got rid of all my shares. I said I, I can't keep up with this. I don't know what's happening. It's too volatile for me. And that's when I really uh, stuck to to real estate and property. Angelini realized rather than diversify his expertise in different fields, it would be better to specialize in one particular industry and reap his gains from one source. I know that obviously being a young entrepreneur. You want to you, you want to make money wherever you can. It's about ideas and floating ideas around. But as I get older, and um, I think it's being specialised in one uh, one particular industry um, and even narrowing that down. I think being an expert in something, you got more chances of making um, a, a good uh, living um, than spreading yourself too far. Um, you know, and I, uh, that even goes with other businesses in other industries, and just being an investor in general. I mean, look at you know, a lot of the sometimes people can, uh, you know, make a right right move. I just see it as a bit of a gamble, um, and that's. Uh, I, I looked at myself really, and I said, you know, where am I making? I assessed myself a good five years ago, and I said, where am I making eighty percent of my money? I'm spending twenty percent of my time. And that was in property development. So, you know, this this uh, you know, I was investing my money into real estate, and you know, I was only spending twenty percent of my time. 
whether 80% of my time was only making me 20% of my money at, this, at, at, at that particular uh, moment in my life. As for his worst property development moment, Angelina believes it was when he joined a rather uncooperative partnership. I'm trying to think of the, the worst development moment I've probably had was getting involved in a partnership or a joint venture, which uh, uh, my partner wasn't in line with my with with my vision. Um, that was probably the most. It wasn't a bad investment. I guess it was. Uh, choosing the right partners. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, obviously we we had a, a direction of going uh, of, of investing into a property to develop. Um, however, sometimes other people don't have uh, the same funds as you, or um, you know, to put to put an equal amount into a certain property. So, I would have. That's what, what's made me really um, try and avoid a lot of partnerships or choosing my partners carefully in all of my developments. As a result, Angeline learned to find people who are committed purely to a business relationship. Basically, we wanted to. Uh, it's always important to say, okay, look, we're going to get into we're going to get into bed together. Um, you know, we, we, if I'm going to put 50% in, this is how much money that we need to come up with. And once we start construction, this is how much money we need to come up with. And uh, the relationship doesn't work if uh, one person is coming up with the money and the other person, um, for whatever reason it may be, uh, can't come up with that money and has committed themselves in a, um, into, a, into a relationship, a business relationship. So that's what I, that's, that's, uh, that's probably my, uh, my worst, um, you know, development story. And what what happened to that development? Did you proceed with building, or did it just end? Oh well, the best thing about development, which is which and property, is that it's always got an asset value. So you know, we ended up uh, uh, coming to it. It was an amicable, um, you know, partnership. I said, look, the relationship's only going to work whether it's it, it's either you buy me out or I buy you out, and that's what we did, and we remain friends to this day. Um, however, it really uh, uh, put me. Uh, made me aware of a position that you might be able that you might put yourself into um, with uh, exposing yourself. You know, you have to make sure that your partners are always going to have uh, that have that, you know you got to know that they're going to be in that journey from from the start until the finish, and obviously make their contributions as well. At, at the start of every project, you know, everyone's high fiving each other, and we're going to make so much money, and it's going to be fantastic. But a lot of times, people don't. Take into consideration the what ifs, you know. What if, you know, interest rates change? What if we can't sell um, the, our products at this this price? Um, you know, what if construction uh, prices change? What if town planning doesn't come through? Um, and you have to be able to, you know, weather that storm together. So, inspired by Angeline's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where Angeline shares the strategy changing aha moment. So, that really sort of really sort of changed my strategy into trying to buy something and develop it straight away instead of having it sitting there. The best advice he'd like to share? Best advice would be definitely is to stick to what you know. 
um, and become an expert at it. How young investors should take advantage of today's information age? You know, from a click of a button at your fingertips, you can listen to any sort of information that you want to. And um, I think the new generation should take should take advantage of that. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to register your interest. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, text me your email address on 0499881040. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. 